As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is The Athletic Baseball Show on The Athletic Podcast Network. Good evening. We are coming to you live from Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles where we just wrapped up the All-Star Game. I'm here. I'm Stephen J. Nesbitt, uh, baseball writer for The Athletic. I'm here with Sam Bloom. Uh, Sam covers the Angels Force and is also out here for the All-Star Game. Uh, just a wild, wild couple of days we've had here uh, from everything from the draft and the Futures Game to the Home Run Derby last night at the All-Star Game. Just now... Uh, and we're happy to have you with us. We promised an after show. We are delivering an after show. It is, however, just after a ball game here at Dodger Stadium. Uh, I'm in the concourse. Sam is in the left field seats. So if you hear some background noise, it's just part of the experience. All right. So join us if you want to say hi. If you have comments about the game, questions about the game, hit request to speak on your mobile app. Join the show. Otherwise, we're just going to start talking All Star game. We're going to start talking All Star game and. Uh, what has been a, a pretty entertaining couple of days here in Los Angeles. Sam, I want to throw it to you. You, of course, are uh, living in the area. You know this, this place well. Uh, give me a bit of a vibe check. Uh, what did you feel from this, uh, this All-Star weekend here in L.A.? Well, I apologize. I just started playing a yeah, I Love L.A. song, so to hear that in the background, that's, that's, uh, free, that's, that's, that. that's free music <laughs> for us. Yeah, you know, it's, it, it's fitting. Um, yeah, it was it was a really interesting weekend. I think uh, you know last night in particular, uh, getting to you know even just before the game today, Julio Rodriguez got a really nice ovation, and I'm guessing most of the people here didn't know who he was up until uh, last yeah. night. You know, so it's I think it was it was an, it was a nice weekend for for players maybe who we didn't know about as much coming in, and then obviously guys like Albert Pujols and you know uh, Giancarlo Stanton obviously winning the uh, you know the MVP tonight. So it's it's a little bit of a mixture. I think that's kind of the beauty of this event. Uh, you, you get to meet some new faces and then appreciate some of the ones that you know get talked about at nauseum. So it's uh, it's it's really cool. Yeah. So I want to start here with the actual All Star game um, that we just saw. It was a, a mixed bag, I think, of, of some excitement early on, um, some some nice big moments. I think if you're watching at home, there is a lot of uh, a lot of made for TV stuff with with in game stuff. Being in in game interviews and, and things like that. Being in the ballpark, a little more subdued, but there's a you know big crowd, uh, huge stadium. Of course, if you've never been here to Dodger Stadium, 
uh, it feels like every single time you're you're asking for a great sunset, a massive crowd. It's my favorite ballpark in the league. I, I hope that's okay with me saying that uh, with all of you around. Uh, but the game itself, it basically was the NL jumping out quickly. Paul Goldschmidt with a homer, Mookie Betts uh, before that had an RBI single, and then the National League didn't get another hit until the until the eighth inning. So it's a, it's a tough recipe to actual winning winning the ball game, um, and. Uh, uh, and then the the fourth inning, the, the American League comes back. Giancarlo Sandin with a two-run bomb, followed by Byron Buxton and, and uh, Giancarlo picks up the MVP. Uh, and Jordan in the chat saying Yankees fixes in. Since when did the game-tying homer beat out game-winning homer for MVP? God forbid the, the MLB recognize a flyover state. So this is a – Jordan, I recognize your Byron Buxton wishes. Uh, I said in our live blog a little while ago that – I, honestly, it could have gone. Could have just split it. How do you? It's a back-to-back homer. How do you prioritize one over the other? I guess I'm assuming they're going with a, a two-run homer, homer over a solo shot. But um, I'm, I'm kind of with Jordan here. I think this one just split it. Why not? If you, I don't know what they got out of this one other than trophy. Is it a car? Split the car. You know, split the title on that one. Uh, why not? It's free. So uh, should be uh, should be plenty of fodder for Twins fans to get upset. Byron Bucks was a Mammoth shot. So was John Carlos. Uh, Sam, what was your what was your moment to remember from this game? You know, I, honestly, I think one of the guys that doesn't get enough attention in this league is Emmanuel Class A, and and the way that he came in to close that game out, striking the side out on ten pitches. You know, obviously one away from an immaculate inning. Um, you know, for for me, like I, I just he's he's one of the most electric closers in the game. Um, let's see, you know, I was surprised at the way McClanahan struggled early on. I thought that was. You know, he's been the best pitcher in, in the American League, really, uh, throughout the at least most consistently good pitcher in the American League throughout the first half, and he really struggled. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think the most one of the most impressive performances was Class A. It'll probably get a little overshadowed. A lot of the fans are left by then. It's, you know, maybe people have turned off their TVs, but he was really electric in the ninth. Yeah, we had a comment from Lucas saying, great tribute to Jackie and Rachel Robinson. Uh, absolutely. I, I, that would have felt like one of the – coolest moments of the night was first off you have Denzel uh Denzel Washington coming in and giving a speech at home plate before the game uh a tribute to, to Jackie Robinson and then um before first pitch Mookie Betts taking the mic at home plate all players gathered around and Mookie just saying hey <laughs> hey to the crowd it's it's Rachel Robinson's 100th birthday can you on the count of three say happy birthday Rachel and uh and they obliged which is a big old crowd saying happy birthday uh bunch of videos as well on this on the board um really cool moment i thought that was really nicely done um so hey a reminder if you want to jump in the chat uh throw your questions in there if you want to come on with us uh as we as we do our after show here uh live from dodger stadium hey request to speak on your mobile app ask a question give us your favorite moment from this one uh what's something that's going to stick with you from from this game or from the Derby. Um, and we also have Steve Berman in the, in the, in the group. Steve was uh, helping us out with the live blog and uh, watching from home. Steve, you had the benefit of, of the broadcast, which is a very different experience of being at the game. What was, uh, if, you're, if you're here with us, what was the moment that, that captured you uh, or really caught you on the broadcast? I really thought that the mic'd up stuff was pretty excellent, actually. Uh, especially, I think, that kind of made a star out of Jose yeah. Trevino, who I think, you know, Yankees fans know, and as a result, I think a lot of fans know because the Yankees are kind of a national team. 
but we really got a lot of his personality, especially when he got that first base hit of, in, in an all-star game and then was talking about saying, you know, speaking in Japanese to Shohei Otani and then kind of bantering <laughs> with CJ Crone about whether or not he should try to steal second. Uh, also, it was kind of interesting, too, just to hear Alec Manoa and John Smoltz kind of go uh, back and forth. Manoa asking, you know, what pitches he should throw. And also Nestor Cortez going back and forth with his catcher. He would go put his glove to his mouth and go, cut her away. And then the next pitch, uh, cut her up and in. And then the next pitch, hey, Trey, what do you got for me? So I thought a lot of that, too. I mean, even you know Julio Rodriguez, too, and uh, when Judge and uh, you had Judge and Stanton kind of bantering back and forth from right field to left field. I thought that was kind of cool. I, I, I know sometimes when they do the in-game dugout interviews with the manager, people always complain, especially on Twitter where everyone complains. But I thought this kind of livened up the game quite a bit, especially when the NL just stopped hitting. <laughs> Which was, uh, it turns out, like over half the game. Uh, well, like, Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and I did feel like, you know, to that point, it felt a little bit, uh, it was a little bit justified. If you look at who the AL was rolling out there in the end, it was uh, it was kind of a murderous row of pitchers, of bullpen arms. After, after Nestor came in, I'm sorry, I got a loud cart coming behind me. Um, it was uh, Nestor Cortez and Jorge Lopez, Gregory Soto, Clay Holmes, Liam Hendricks, and Emmanuel Classe, which is not real fair. Um, this cart is almost gone, I promise. No. Um, but another moment, a mic'd up moment, that was, right, it was inter- interview moment. What I wanted to point out was the very first pitch of the game was uh, Clayton Kershaw to Shohei Otani. And the interviews that aired on the broadcast were also aired in the ballpark. And so Ken Rosenthal asked Kershaw, like, hey, what's your approach here as you face Otani, Trout, and whoever. I don't remember, I don't remember the top three, but he said, you know, I'm just going to pump it as hard as I can. Hopefully we hit 91. Um, and then they do an interview on the other side with Shohei, and it also goes on the board. And Shohei said, first pitch. I'm swinging, and uh, Kershaw instead of wasting a pitch, uh, gives him a pitch to hit, and Shohei hits it in the hits him in the outfield for a base hit. Um, I said, you know what? We always talk about, you know, going back to the trash can banging days. If a hitter knows what's coming, that makes it pretty easy. Well, in this case, the pitcher knew exactly what was coming, and uh, and Shohei <laughs> yeah. to get a base hit. But then Kershaw picked him off. So, <laughs> which I, and Shohei, when Kershaw made the move to first, he was already jumping towards second. And then he had this look on his face like he had, this, he kind of smiled as he was diving back to the bag in vain. And you could tell he was sort of like, wait a minute, they throw pickoffs in the All Star game? When did this start happening? I know. I had to, I had to ask uh, when the last time it was. It actually wasn't terribly, I forget it now, but it was 2008. Uh, 2008. So it, yeah. it, it's happened before, but it's certainly not the first thing you're thinking when uh, somebody gets on, on base. And a question from Jordan here in the chat was, uh, is the pitching too good going forward? Nobody wants to really see a no-hitter in the All-Star game. Uh, Sam, I'm going to throw this at you. Is this is a no-hitter in the All-Star game a, a good thing in the future? Or, uh, oh, yeah, you kidding? We have a problem. Imagine no-hitting an All-Star lineup. That would be awesome. I, I have no issues with it. Um, like, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely thought this game was a little was a little dull at times, right? Especially the National League just going cold for about seven, eight innings. Um, but no, I mean, it's, it's the best versus the best. So, you know, if if your best is better than the others, I think that that makes for great, you know, great television. If, if a team's throwing a no hitter, it'd be better than what we saw tonight, where it was kind of like a couple hits in the first inning and then nothing for a while. So, uh, I'll take a no hitter in any, in any context, in any scenario and no hit, no hitter in the all-star game would be even better. Yeah. It'll be like a 13 pitcher no hitter. 
Yeah, yeah, that's what I was just gonna say. <laughs> the first ever thirteen pitcher no hitter. <laughs> I, I think also uh, what we noticed, uh, especially a uh, couple times in a row, was that the shift rule against uh, anti shift rule is gonna have to come uh, sooner rather than later, yeah. at least for the All Star game, yeah. because that's that's kind of BS when you're when you're watching a game and a guy fields a ball in shallow right uh, twice in a row to, to get guys out. And so, yeah, I think that the shift's probably going to end next year anyway, it sounds like. And the all-star game, I think even if they can't come to some sort of agreement or the owners just decide to put it off for a year, I think the all-star game is definitely going to happen, especially if they're going to be changing the rules for extra innings the 24 hours before the game this year. Yeah. And, and the moment that I look back at is it felt like something was going to kind of come alive for the, the NL was when uh, Freddie Freeman pitch hits, the crowd gives him a big ovation, and then he promptly swats one into, you know, mid-right field, and the second baseman is right there. The field didn't throw him out at first base. There were back-to-back uh, potential hits stolen by the shift. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. You're going to take it away eventually. Why not test it out in the All-Star game? I, uh, I was half expecting Jason Stark would be out there chalking a, a pizza slice-shaped line behind second base. Uh, just to show us yeah. and explaining to the second baseman shortstop where they can and cannot stand. Uh, I'm ready for it across the game, to be honest, and definitely ready for it uh, in the All-Star game because it, it, uh, it did its job, which is not something that you want to see in, in an All-Star game. Yeah, I think this game was successful in showing some of the personalities of the players, which MLB has done just an objectively awful job of doing for decades now so that was kind of cool just to see how sort of light and the banter can be and how much fun these guys can have together and and how they can actually make jokes while they're playing which is which is kind of cool too so now it's time to actually see the game kind of rise up to the personalities and put the two together so we have a question from lucas that oh sam go ahead no, no, I was just going to say, I mean, I, I think it's this format is much better as an exhibition. I mean, you know, the ability to actually talk to pitchers when they're on the mound, like that's not something you would necessarily see in a, if this game no. were to determine like home field advantage in the, in the World Series. So it, it's better this way. And I think, you know, you don't really lose the competitiveness of it, which is, you know, from my perspective, you know, the, the shift, you're still trying to win the game. So I, I get why teams might do it. But yeah, it's, it's better as an exhibition. You never know, though. I mean, ESPN had uh, – I mentioned this in our live blog today. Ramon Laureano, center fielder for the A's at the time, mic'd up for the wildcard series, one of the wildcard series games against the White Sox. And he had multiple plays in the outfield, one of them where he's chasing the ball to the wall and he dropped an F-bomb saying how fast the guy was. I think it was Luis Robert. And then he was charging a ball, a base hit up the middle – and he was actually, you could see him trying to put his earpiece back in because it fell out of his ear as he started running. And I remember afterwards asking A's, then A's manager, Bob Melvin, about it. And, and he said he didn't know that Loriana was mic'd up. I don't know really if I believe him, but that was pretty absurd. So if baseball is going to have guys mic'd up in the outfield with uh, a playoff game on the line, then who knows, who knows what they would yeah, do. Yeah, that's point. ridiculous. <laughs> we that's have, stupid. We, we have Jason in the chat saying the mics and the pitchers and catchers are the best thing. I've seen or heard – we, in the past, I guess, have seen the pitcher. Last year, famously, uh, Liam Hendricks got a chance to wear the mic, who is a, an objectively hilarious dude. He has been a riot uh, once again this week in, in interviews and uh, always a smart guy to chat with, but also very, very funny. But last year he uh, dropped a number of different words uh, that you're not supposed to have on a, you know, a, a broadcast. And um, – 
And so they, they again this year. He didn't. I don't think he got a chance to uh, share his thoughts on the broadcast. Unfortunately, he he did actually. Oh, did he really? Just not too much. Yeah, he, he was in for the last out, and uh, so he only threw I think like two or three pitches, and the last out was a fly ball to center, and afterwards. You know that he wanted a little time on the mic, and so he just started screaming, Julio, Julio, because he didn't want Rodriguez to throw the ball in the stands. And then Rodriguez, a, a nice little move, pretended to throw the ball in the stands and then came, then uh, got it back to Hendricks, so Hendricks would get a souvenir. So that, that was actually pretty fun. I think more Hendricks uh, would have been good, but the FCC might have been on their case after a while. He's a stereotypical <laughs> Aussie. He's... He's got a good personality, but he also has a, you know, a little bit of a potty mouth sometimes. <laughs> I was talking to him yesterday in the um, media availability they had, and uh, someone asked him if he'd been invited back on the broadcast. And to that point, he said, no, I, no, one, <clears throat> no one has asked me about it, but apparently they, they heard his desire to be back on. But that was what he was saying was like it, uh, the problem a year ago, <clears throat> year ago was that he couldn't hear the broadcaster, so he thought that he wasn't on the air. And he said, you know, it, my humor depends on the interplay with the broadcast team. So when he came in tonight um, to relieve Clay Holmes, and they were at a point where the game was flying by and they just didn't have enough outs for all the relievers, uh, Jordan, Jordan Romano didn't even get in the game, if I'm not mistaken. So they uh, only had one out of uh, airtime for, uh, for Liam. But I think he earned his way back into maybe next year's All-Star game. They can hand him the mic again. Uh, but I wanted to get to one other comment we have from... Um, who was it? Brandon said Manoa gained a lot of fans tonight, and Jason saying having conversation with Manoa and his pitch selection was television gold. To that, to to, J, uh, to Brandon's point, what happened last night with Julio Rodriguez? What happened tonight with Alec Manoa? Um, for different reasons, like isn't necessarily going to make them a household name in baseball, but like, man, their national profile just went up like crazy, and from Manoa's. But from him, it's not even necessarily something he did. It's just that everyone got to see his personality on display, right? He had a lot of fun. He was this kid who debuted a year ago now. So he's out there having a blast, pitching three punches, and uh, uh, obviously doing a good job, but also having a good time with John Smoltz on the broadcast and having a good time with an opportunity. It's such a good thing for baseball to take advantage of the stage like this and technology and advancements like this where you can – you know, hand the guy the keys to go make himself uh, a little bit famous for for a, a big part of the baseball world that may not know him. Uh, Manoa also had a conversation in the dugout with David Ortiz when he came through and tried to talk to pretty much everybody. He said to, about Aaron Judge, pay the man, which was a good moment. Then he goes up to Manoa and he asked Manoa how he would pitch Ortiz. And Manoa thinks about it for a second. He's like, well, I think I would go up and in. And then Ortiz just like shook his head. He's like, no, nah, man, I'd take you deep. And just like, I'm going to go talk to somebody else. I'm out of here. <laughs> I also enjoyed the clips I saw of uh, Garrett Cole and Max Fried of Jordan's as commenting. Having spent a lot of time around Garrett Cole in Pittsburgh, he's a he's a funny dude. But in interviews, interviews of him, he comes off as uh, pretty dry and he's got kind of a higher pitched voice that people like to like to tease but like he's actually a, a quite entertaining guy the problem is that all the interviews are after he either did something really good or did something had a rough outing or whatever it was and he's just in like game mode and so to catch him on a day when he wasn't going to pitch i think was was clutch and the conversation they had about their hitting days max Fried and garrett cole was pretty good garrett garrett bragging about his, his uh, three homers um a pretty pretty decent hitter i guess he was and Max Reed didn't have any, didn't have a walk-off though, so it's a little bit of something to hang his hat on. I, I thought that was 
Um, a lot of good moments. I'm glad they're taking advantage of that. And it's not that replicable across the season, right? We're going to see maybe once a week we're getting one player mic'd up for an inning. Um, I think you do some more of that. But the bigger the game, it's not like they're going to have half the team mic'd up. It's it's going to be rare, but we see in football they manage to do it. And it just takes a lot of censorship, basically, from the teams and the networks to see what, what actually gets on the air. So uh, I think that's something we can take from this game and say let's – Let's keep looking for opportunities to, to let guys show their personality as long as they're into it. I, I think that what you could take from this whole sort of break is that MLB clearly has the best all-star festivities. And for a league, a sport that takes a lot of shots on the chin and justified a lot of the time, I think, you know, compared to the NBA all-star thing, the dunk contest now is a complete snooze fest and the game itself, unless the end is close, it's not really much to watch. And you have the uh, MLB home run derby, which, you know, in the middle of it sometimes can get a little bit tedious, but the uh, overall it's a better product than anything that the other leagues put out. And then the game itself at least is competitive. Just add a little bit more offense and it's perfect. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Guys tend to think looking sharp means starchy Oxfords and stiff chinos rather than effortless comfort, but it's possible to have it both ways. I'm all set for summer thanks to Mack Weldon. The Vesper polo shirt is so breathable you can wear it on the golf course, but it looks classy enough to wear to a party. The Maverick Tech Chino short is ultra flexible, and the Pima Crew neck t-shirt is perfect for those casual weekends. There's no need to be uncomfortable in your clothing ever again. Some guys just want to look good without calling attention to themselves. Mack Weldon Apparel gives you understated good looks for understated confidence. Mack Weldon clothes are designed to fit your style and the demands of modern life. They look like regular clothes but feel like the latest in modern comfort. They're the go-to choice for guys who want to look great without even trying. Breathable underwear that keeps you cool, dry, and comfy all day. Crazy comfortable but elevated sweatpants. An upgraded classic polo with antimicrobial silver threads. An ultra soft antimicrobial tee for when you need to stay fresh longer. That's the Silver Crew Neck T-shirt. Get timeless looks with modern comfort from Mack Weldon. Go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off your first order with promo code MLBSHOW. That's M-A-C-K-W-E-L-D-O-N.com. Promo code MLB show. We were hearing a lot of guys being asked yesterday, um, basically, what do you want to see added to All-Star Week? Um, people want sort of the NHL-style skills con- competition, you know, hardest throw, you know, I, I don't know what else exactly you can do, abundant competition, stuff like that. And, and there are a lot of ideas you could do, but I don't think, honestly, I don't know that you need a whole lot more than what they have. I think the game is one where... There's not maximum effort, sure, but no All-Star game is, and I don't think any All-Star game will be, even if you put financial incentive on the line. Um, but uh, the home run derby is a blast. It really is. I, I, I had people ask me recently, like, would you rather go attend in person the home run derby, the All-Star game? It's, like, not even a question. I mean, I just Sam and I just sat through 
uh, those the last two nights. And, and you know, I, I take the home run derby 100 times out of 100, even though it may even be better on the broadcast because it's a little confusing in person to uh, not know exactly how many homers are on the board and that sort of thing. You can't see the close-ups of players. Uh, what I'm saying is the broadcasts are good too, but being at a home run derby is awesome. I don't know that you need to have uh, a bunting competition, a whole skills competition um, uh, to do that. So is is there anything, Steve, that, <clears throat> Steve if you were a commissioner of fun in baseball that you'd want to see added to the All-Star Weekend? I'm going to completely steal this from a commenter on one of the news stories we had uh, yesterday, which was why don't you just have a contest of guys throwing from the warning track? You have Rob Manfred sitting in a dunk tank and guys who can hit the target send Manfred in the dunk tank. <laughs> yes. I, I mean, everyone likes a good dunk tank. And if you get the guys with the best arms, you know, and you make them throw like 300 feet to get there. I mean, Manfred's safe. He's in a cage. He's not going to get hurt. Or you can have anybody in there. You can have celebrities in there. I mean, you could put, you know, I don't know, Jason Bateman's always there, somebody. I don't know. It seems like it, that, that was an idea I kind of liked. In terms of the other stuff, the actual realistic stuff, I don't think a bunt contest is something many people are going to want to watch. Uh, I, I do think the long throw competitions could work, but I think the injury risk would be too severe. So the, I'm going dunk tank. Yeah, I think NHL man- manages to have guys not working at full strength, but still doing some pretty incredible things. And there are, I think, fewer of those things to do in baseball. That, that you know, like you, they they want to really have the hardest throw home. You want Juan Soto trying to air it out home and risk some sort of injury. I'm not sure where hockey. You know, a, what's the harm in doing a shootout challenge or something like that? They do it the fastest skater and harder shot, but um, I think there would be too much of injury concern from players to actually take this seriously, but uh, or teams that actually allow their guys to do it. We are getting some good ideas here. Uh, in the chat, we have Eric saying, what about the fastest home to first? Uh, spring competition, Jordan, uh, fastest around the bases. Eric's back control, like top golf style. Ooh, I kind of like that. Um, if you've not done top golf, it's, it's uh, a bunch of targets basically out there. Uh, this is like the video game style growing up of home run derby of, of uh, not only hit a homer, but hit it to a certain part or hit a line drive to to, uh, to, to right and hit a target. It uh, doesn't have to be that. Uh, outfield throwing accuracy, Tom and Mansky, hey-o, uh, throw, <laughs> throw into the trash can competition, one hop into the trash can. Um, so I do think there's uh, there are a lot of options. It would be interesting to see if they go that direction, but they actually have packed All-Star Weekend so tightly that I'm not, I'm not really sure they're eager to add a whole lot with uh, having added – the draft to the mix that already had the Futures game, the Home Run Derby, and the All-Star game. Yeah, I think it, it would have been cool back in the 80s when guys like Tony Gwynn and Wade Boggs and Don Mattingly were around and actually could do something like this where you could have like a basic competition where you have to hit certain targets in the outfield, but I don't know. The guys right now, they're geared to throw it hard and hit it hard, and so I think that's really what you're looking at is what the top talents are at this point. So unless the game shifts to a more small ball game, then, I mean, I think maybe in other leagues around the world, a bunt competition can work. I don't really know if it can in this league. Yeah. We're, a couple other comments from Dan, which I hope is my brother Dan in. Uh, 100, 1,000% would watch an outfield throwing contest with zero regrets. Also a pickle contest. That was something we played a lot as a kid. Um, man, I would, I would love that. Uh, so, some good ideas. We'll see if they are willing to go there in the future. 
but let's let's start to wrap this up. Let's get some some overall thoughts on the weekend. Uh, one takeaway for me, Steve, was I thought they did a good job with these legacy ads. Um, Miggy, Cabrera, and Albert Pujols didn't have a big impact on the game tonight. Uh, Pujols did get a, you know give it a little bit of a ride to left field, um, but really I, I thought they were able to find moments to. Uh, they had they had a sort of a what's it called when you step out of the dugout and tip your cap? What was that called? Curtain call. Um, curtain call, they, yeah. They, they had a curtain call, which was a nice nice touch, and then of course in the home run derby, which Pools showed surprisingly well and given a, a second life by Kyle Schwarber. Um, then uh, the moment with everybody crowded around him was was cool and also clearly emotional for Pools. He, he spoke at length about what that meant to him. So. I thought they did a nice job with that and uh, would love to see, yeah, who they're going to add in the future, uh, whether it's two guys, whether they choose to do any more. Uh, it's a it's a smart ad in a, in a time when I think we're seeing like 80 all-stars per year. <laughs> like there, there are a lot of guys being added to this game, not all of them the league leader in anything. So uh, I thought that was good. What's, what's something, Steve, that you thought they did particularly well? I think that... It it helped that the guy came through, but the Julio Rodriguez portion is was maybe the biggest thing of the entire uh, the entire. It's not really a weekend because you're doing on Monday and Tuesday, but the that was really huge. Seattle has shown that they can support a ginormous superstar. I don't know if Rodriguez is going to become one of the best players in the game like Ken Griffey Jr., but that sort of thing, if it can happen, this was kind of the start of it, and that was really cool to see. I agree on the legacy stuff. I think that just the entire theme of promoting the individual as is something that, you know, the league has been criticized for, for gosh, I can't even remember how long really since the, maybe since the late nineties is something that we've been hearing about is that baseball doesn't market its players well enough. And I think with technology, they, they market them pretty well during the game. And also just those sort of the lasting images, definitely cool to see Cabrera and Pujols get their love, but it was really cool just to see like how much the other players revere Albert Pujols. And that's kind of rare in any sport where you see a guy that's super great. I mean, even, you know, like Michael Jordan, when he was uh, on his way out, people respected him, but it wasn't the love fest that we saw. Even, you know, Kobe, when he was leaving, I mean, you know, Lakers fans loved him, but it wasn't the, the kind of love that you saw in the dugout when Pujols came Came back in after flying out today what he after what happened in the home run derby you could just see that he's pretty much like a god among a lot of these guys and that was something that i mean i knew that he was well respected and well liked and i did not know though that he was just absolutely this revered by the rest of his peers and that was something i'll remember yeah i like that i think that's uh, a good place to end this i think next year is seattle if i'm not mistaken um, should be, you know, should be a good one. And I, I think baseball did handle this well. Did a nice job of of uh, promoting players in new ways. And I think uh, there were some real positive steps forward taken here. Uh, there's going to be a lot more coming from us from this weekend. We had uh, a conversation with both Tony Clark and Rob Manfred uh, this morning here in L.A. And... Uh, and so plenty more coverage coming from there. I have to go write a story, but wanted to hop on here and talk with, uh, talk all-star game with some folks. So Steve, thanks for jumping on. Sam, thank you for jumping on. And folks, we will see you 
Uh, see you shortly. If you're looking for another live room to join, to ask some questions, then uh, every Tuesday I do the Power Rankings live room, and we'll get right back to it next week. So enjoy the rest of the All-Star break, and uh, thanks for dropping by tonight.